it's time for a chocolate and coffee break. So grab your cuppa and let's listen together to stories from people of all walks of life that will touch your heart and reveal that opposites are the same. I'm your host, Andrea Putting, and this is Chocolate and Coffee Breaks, where we bring people together in the spirit of love and acceptance. Welcome to Chocolate and Coffee Breaks. Today, my guest is Melissa Griffiths, and she is transgender authority and advocate, a speaker, consultant, media commentator, and a board director. So wears many, many hats, but has a lot of passion in the transgender world. So welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me today, Andrea, on your podcast. It's a pleasure to be part of your podcast. Thank you, um, I really appreciate your coming along and being willing to share with us today. Yeah, that's all right. That's what we're here to do, sharing and caring. Yep. And I like to share chocolate. So what chocolate would you like to share with us today? Uh, Hedbury's old dark chocolate, you know, a bit more expensive but very nice. (laughs) That is nice. I have, today I've got roasted coconut chocolate from the Ministry of Chocolate. And this is divine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds divine. That is so nice. Uh, yeah, I'm really passionate about my chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off with one of my questions from my chocolate and coffee breaks questions. What is one thing you are determined to do in your life? Uh, one one thing I'm determined to do in my life is uh, just keep writing, keep uh, maintaining my passion because sometimes our motivation level goes down and even though we're passionate, we feel a bit low, but just maintain my passion and keep writing to make it easier for trans people and for society to understand us better. And I know the acceptance thing is a long way off, but if people can at least recognise we are actually human and then hopefully in, in Longer run, it'll be better for future generations. And I know a lot of people like myself who transition at a later stage in life, obviously it can be a lot harder for us. And obviously then there's the issue of trying to find the money for surgery and some choose not to do that or just can't afford to do that. So there's a whole range of issues around that, especially for older trans as well with their transition later in life. And I think a lot of people just don't really get that or understand, A, why they do it a later stage in life and you know, why they're even bothering doing it. So I'm determined to help society understand that a bit better. Yeah, it's a, it's really an important thing for us to to bring it to the open a little bit more, I think, and which is why we're here today because I like to, to remind people that somebody who appears so different to them, who feels like they're the opposite to them, are really mm. the same. Yeah. And that we have. We just have these different exteriors and somehow we we still are still have all those same passions and desires that everyone else has. That's right. And I think everyone wants to put everyone in a nice little box, you know. There's <laughs> person A, person B, they're a happy couple or gay couple, straight couple, whatever. <laughs> but anyone that's different, if you're transgender and I'm bisexual, and I'm openly open about that because people can't distinguish between the two. They try and put yeah. 
everyone not everyone wants everything nice and neat and packaged up like a Christmas package, you know. And people don't come that way, you know that. No. And try and and I've had conversations with people where I've spoken or just attended an event, and I've explained to them the difference between the two. And it's interesting to see how some young women don't get the difference between sexuality and gender. Sometimes they just they find it hard to differentiate between your gender, your gender identity, and your sexuality. So I've had a few interesting conversations over the year explaining it to people, and they saw you can tell when they walk away they still quite haven't got it. So. I find that aspect of interesting. I thought, oh, I thought that would be the easiest part of what I'm doing, explaining that to you. So that opened my eyes a lot that people just still find those things hard to get their head around. Mm. Yeah. I, I guess it's just stuff that they hadn't thought about or I'm just so – and we don't – because I think that's part of the thing is that we what we don't see, we don't think about, we don't understand – and we don't really explore in our own thinking about how how that would be. I'd love for you to just share some of your own stories of, of what that is like, what kind of experiences you have with people and trying to just, well, to live a normal life. I guess... Um... I sort of didn't transition until I was 44 and telling people at work and going through that process was a bit of an ordeal, but I stuck to my own plan and told my told management as well and I just stuck to that, even though some people wanted it to happen faster. But it's just interesting, the reaction of people around, oh, now he's going to use the toilet because, you know, you, you change mm-hmm. pronouns to she and her. But yep. at that time, you're still going to work as a male, even though you're basically living as a female outside work most of the time, and if not full-time. So now you're transitioning to live full-time. So going through that process is quite challenging and getting around the toilet issue because people still <laughs> hang up about trans people using the toilet. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was an eye-opener. And then just coming to work as a minister and people adjusting and, tiptoeing around you because they're afraid they'll say he or him or or someone say hey dude and you have to educate them yeah that's fine I know it's just a slang thing and you just have to educate them and so you sort of got to have a bit of tolerance and a bit of education but yeah the initial phase of then going into work if you're brave enough to transition in your workplace a lot of trans people choose not to do that transition and then go work somewhere else as they need self because of just all the issues they may face around bullying or harassment. And then just going out in my early years when I was wearing a a wig and just going to a bar even by yourself, just you can tell the barman doesn't like you. You just ask for your beer or wine or whatever you're ordering. And you can tell everyone's looking at you, just like all the art, because you stand out and it's, it's like... So that was sort of an eye-opener. And then learning not to react to someone that's standing there, and it's almost it's passive-aggressive behaviour, if you know what I mean. If you've ever been into a bar or nightclub and you tell the barman just doesn't like you or, or barman, they just don't like you for whatever reason. And, you know, just learning not to react, walking away, smiling, just staying there, not leaving, you know. It's almost like they're trying to force you to leave because, you know, there's only boys there. You shouldn't be here. So... There's just one micro example of as you live your daily life, interacting or 
you go home shopping or you go into for a brow fitting and if the shop attendant's maybe elderly or just doesn't like trans people and really doesn't want to do it. So it's all those little things that people don't see that you've got to encounter, overcome, then you get other people that are really nice. Mm. I know around the time of my transition, I was a member of the Victoria Racing Club and once I told a uh, person there about what I was doing, I mentioned to them and after they got over the shop, they contacted me and we went through implementing a policy there and getting it part of their vision and values and they did it really quickly. So I was really surprised with the Victoria Racing Club because I thought they were a very conservative organisation. So that was really positive. I and mean, then going into the committee room on Girls' Day is probably probably before I transitioned at work even and just going in there and, um, you know, being as Melissa and everyone was really welcoming. So that was really good. They trained the staff, which I hadn't really asked for, and, the, and their catering company. So that was really good. So makes it easier for you. So that, that was positive. I think it took a while for the same thing to get done at Melbourne Racing Club where I was a member. So sort of sad, positive and negative experiences. And then going to the races, it makes it easier for you and easy to use things like the female toilets and walk around. Picked up on the old negative comment during the Melbourne Cup Carnival, person saying, that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> and you're standing in front of a friend. My friend says, do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just kind of put into my mind that wherever you go, you would have people looking at you as if I don't know. It just yeah, you do, you do, they do. And you would how how is that? Does that must be because you wouldn't have had that all your life. No, that's right. And I guess I'm like five foot six, five foot seven, so I'm a bit taller, uh, even without heels and with the heels taller. So I'm going to stand out anyway. The fact my pointed me at when I was talking to him one day about what we're talking about, you know, people looking at me and this sort of stuff. So you've got to realise you do, you are tall and you stand out and, and you don't think about it too much. But then you just get blokes walk past you and they're just more, you know, making smart ass comments if you go through high points or. You know, but I have had the odd guy come up to me and go, oh, you look really beautiful, which is really nice. So you get a mixed reaction. So, um, yeah, and you know, some some girls will sort of, sort of just stare at you or give you nasty glares or be nice to you. So, yeah, once again, a mixed reaction from people or just haven't seen it before and just don't know how to react to it, I guess. So you've just got to be confident and hold your head high and... Mm. The odd time I might have reacted, but I've learned not to, and it's it's a hard thing to do, I guess, but you still want to go with the phone. And yeah. Get I guess the more the more we people see mm. transgender people, mm. the less of a reaction that they would get. Yeah, I think so, yeah. That's right, and I think. Younger ones like Georgie Stone and Neighbours, that's great, transitioned, excuse me, transitioned when they're younger, so it's easier for them to be more uh, feminine-looking. But Whereas if you're older, it's obviously going to take longer and you have hormones and then you might have facial surgery and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So you start down that path if you can afford it, but it's very expensive as I've started getting quotes. Like Oh, I bet. 
That is expensive and that wouldn't be covered on Medicare. (laughs) No, no, I got quotes for breast augmentation surgery and then there's all the things you don't think about the anaesthetist and, of course, you can't get quotes. Their office is closed because of the lockdown at the moment, but getting even the quotes for the surgery, the hospital stay, that's an hour and a half. In the theatre time, there's $2,100 just for the theatre, an hour and a half in theatre. Yeah. Yeah, you're looking at probably, by the time I add it up, I reckon I'll be looking at easily taking 25 grand out of my super just to pay for that. And I inquired about uh, facial surgery in Sydney, and that was looking at 30, 40 grand. So then we got that. Then if you want to have voice surgery, you're looking at anything. Seven to $12,000. So 100,000. Easily, yeah. Mm. (laughs) 100,000, yeah. Easily, I mean, I've seen articles written on it. Like, you know, people go, yeah, I believe it, you know, 100 grand, yeah, just burn it, burn it through like that. And if you haven't got it, you have to take it out of sleeper, so you have to work longer to build that up again. And yeah, things. yeah, and these things are, I guess, well, we have no comprehension of them when we're not in that position. So, if I was I would here's here's a question, you know, I, I kind of like to come up with a dumb question if I can. Um but I can imagine people th- saying, Well, why would you go ahead and do that? Why would you bother actually going through the through the transition, physical transition? Because you want your gender identity to match your body to what you're comfortable with and changing. Uh, I've seen a few trans celebrities overseas haven't done gender reassignment surgery or pulled out of it because they just think it's too yeah. too risky and that. And then there's others who just can't afford it, so they don't do it. So, But they just want to live full-time as a woman and look as feminine as they can. So, yeah. And I know in some ways it's e- easier to transition from f- female to male. You go on testosterone, you have your chest bonding surgery and gender reassignment surgery, but then... Now, as you take your testosterone, yeah, it's more easy easy to pick someone out in the street that's male to female transgender than female to male transgender. I've met yeah. a trans man, and I, you wouldn't if you if he hadn't told me a story, I wouldn't have known. So yeah, yeah, so it's um, interesting. You know, obviously, you talk to people, you know, yeah. going the other way, female to male as well. So mm. it's a journey in itself. Yeah. I know that's a really dumb question because then because when I when I asked it it was like it became obvious to me because <laughs> it would be the same as me going well hey I <laughs> I don't feel myself because I've put on weight I want to lose weight mm. yeah. it's, it's in a in a kind of a bizarre way it's yeah. the same yeah. thing you want to feel like yourself you want to look like yourself it's rough, look it? like who you feel like you are yeah yeah it's not like you just wake up one day oh, if you're a woman oh, I'm going to be banned now no no or vice versa <laughs> no that <laughs> doesn't quite work woman, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just purely that's your gender identity so yeah so what's the best experience you've had during this whole journey I think there's been quite a few along the way. When I started, like I talked about the VRC experience, going to Softail Girls Day Out, that was a good experience. And then just as you go along, you start to learn about yourself, your style, what you like to wear, um, and that's a learning experience. As as we get older, obviously we change emotionally, mentally, and with our likes and dislikes. So going through that in itself is a journey. and then just making 
decisions about what I'm going to do next and, you know, things about hair and things like that, just little things. And just being able to go out and you know, live your life, basically, and go out for dinner uh, as your true self rather than hiding it. Yeah. So lots of things along the way. Um, you do, like I did a helicopter ride to to one of the days during the spring carnival as well, so that was nice. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah, I pulled out another question out of my box before when I was pulling them out, and I thought this is a good one to ask you. When people look at you, what do you wish they would see? Just see that I'm a human being, really, and then just I'm female and that's it. It's just pretty simple and just look past if I look more masculine. Like there's quite a few women that look masculine. and There is. So um, just look past that and see the person rather than just look at the physical attributes straight away and just judge someone on that, you know. Because yeah. you, you, you walk past people, oh, she'd look better if she didn't wear glasses and things like that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't win. <laughs> this is oh, Being not bad. It, it, <laughs> it's it's the world of, of of women, you know. You, yeah, yeah. It just can be so picky. So it can be really bitchy, you know, um, oh, yeah, she, she <laughs> on how you look and work. what you wear and you've got to do everything perfectly. <laughs> Which doesn't happen with men, so no, it doesn't, <laughs> as much. No, it doesn't. She's got great legs. <laughs> you know, I get comments from a few people at work. Oh, I hate you transgenders. You've got great legs, got better legs than us, you bitch like that. And they say it in a nice way. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's like, you know, that. So you can take that comment. So it's how this, people say things like that to you, and they're just yeah, <laughs> it, it's a kind of yeah, it's a bit of jealousy, but they're doing it in the right way. So that's what you want people to do. So you can have a joke with people about that sort of stuff. Yeah, and what I've also noticed is that some of the transgenders I know have some of the great best. T- well, not necessarily. I'm going to say the best taste, but they're always. Because their taste is different to mine, but they're always dressed beautifully mm. and will put more effort into making sure that everything is perfect in their, the way they present themselves. Yeah, that's true. I've always worn suits to work and things like that, and that trend didn't really change when I bought dresses and more to work and yeah, or skirts and stuff. Yeah. Trying to be more corporate and so... So if there was something that you think people could do to help break down barriers between people, especially in the transgender world, what, what would you like people to do? I mean, just, uh, just smile at people that are trans that may not want to talk to you, you know, going through their own issues. But, you know, if you do have a chance to talk to them, just be nice and respect them who they are. And, and if they might share their story with you, they may not, but just... Um, treat them like a decent human being like you would anyone else that you have a random interaction with or meet at a coffee shop and start chatting to and just forget who, whatever gender you are, just forget about them, just talk like human beings that connect on a spiritual level. Yeah. I think that's great advice for us for us to <laughs> to work at with anybody, with anyone that's anywhere right, yeah. at any time is to treat each other with with respect and that's an important thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Something something just came to me. I'm um, 
a quarter Estonian. I have an Estonian, I'm Estonian citizenship. Yeah. One of the things I love about the Estonian language is that there is no he or she. Yeah. So there's no confusion. You don't have to worry about that in Estonia. You're just, we don't have to worry about language because our language, yeah. our English language just does not, doesn't work, does it? No, well, there's non-binary people, so their their pronouns are they, them, and their. And then for people, that, I've met a few people that are. I've met one female that's gender fluid, and I've met one male that's gender fluid. So it's interesting talking to them about that gender fluidity. So yeah, and that'll be something that'll come up in the next five years. Obviously, post COVID, once we get over COVID nineteen, start to get back to normal. That'll be another discussion topic that you'll hear more and more of. Sort of being talked about in America and. We talked about here in the future as well. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's part of part <coughs> of what we. The secret to all of it is is something that we need to be open and willing to <coughs> talk about, and to listen to. Mm. Yeah, and the more we do that, the more more normal it seems. Yeah, I think so. I'm sort of being part of the Me Too movement with Tracy Spicer and doing some work on that. Uh, been on the steering committee for now Australia Foundation. It's sort of opened my eyes to bullying, harassment, and people come out and tell me stories, not even trans, of of their experiences. And um, yeah, it really opens your eyes what goes on, even in the home. So um, yeah, some yeah. very private stories. So that was good. And now I've drawn on that experience for my board role with Elder Rights Advocacy Victoria, which I've done since November last year, and I'm now helping out with. Um, just social in Sydney, looking at uh, trying to make up online human rights better and make a access to global internet much easier for people. So, mm, wonderful. So, <laughs> drawing on those experiences and writing and stuff, and gradually building up my experience. Also, having the confidence to be a board director, which is hard, and there's probably not many people, trans people that are actually board directors, but getting on a board in the first place is challenging, as you know, so it doesn't matter who you are. So, um, And having the confidence to believe in yourself that you can do that role is, is another challenge as well. So yeah. there's also yeah. little challenges along the way. So, Yes, and I think kind of hits a nail on the head that we all have challenges along the way and we just have to find that, Somebody else's challenges are different to our challenges. That's right. <laughs> but we're all going through the same kind of experiences. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you today, Mel. I've really enjoyed learning a bit more about the life of in, in the world of transgender. And yeah. I just think we all need to just open up a little bit more and, and hear some of the stories from different people from different places around the world. And different, yeah, just so that we can understand that the diversity is is not about people being different. We need to focus on how we're the same. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've just rambled. <laughs> That's right. That's a very good way of summing it up. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's been it's just been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Anytime, Andrea. <laughs> And that's all I have today on Chocolate and Coffee Breaks podcast and we'll be back next time with more stories from around the world. 
thank you for joining me today on Chocolate and Coffee Breaks to download our resource pack for your own chocolate and coffee break experiences and join our community. Head on over to www.chocolateandcoffeebreaks.com. Join us again next time as we explore more stories that will touch your heart and reveal that opposites are the same. Meanwhile, share a chocolate, have a cuppa, enjoy a conversation and change the world.